for me, it is burning in my heart to encourage people. The days are dark, and I watch news. I don't know if some people just don't watch news. I do. I know (laughs) everything that is going on, and I have known for the last, you know, whatever, few years. Um, And I know how to turn it off. I, I, I have done that before. I turned it off, you know, for almost 10 years And prior to that, I I knew everything that's happening, turned it off for about 10 years, and then turned it back on a little few years ago. But um, it's it's just outrageous what has happened in the last couple of years. We have gone off a cliff where they're calling good evil and evil good and, and all of that. So I know that people are struggling because whenever lies are being told and lies are being believed... It is going to affect people's lives. And everything that we're going to be talking about is going to be on this foundation of the everlasting love of God. This union we have with Jesus that can never be broken so that no matter what we're dealing with, whether it's something with ourselves, with our kids, with our marriage, with our finances, with you know anything that happens while we're still in these earthen vessels, does not change the reality of heaven. And so we're just connecting heaven and earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Jesus prayed. So that's the foundation that we're going from so that when we read scriptures, even if they're from the Old Testament, who who was God speaking to? His own people, right? And what I have learned by, you know, going through the Old Testament is don't cut it out of your Bible study. Because if you look at it through the grid of the New Covenant, as someone said, cross-eyed, right? Right. Um, then all of the promises, you know, for the God's people, the Israelites in the Old Testament, are promises for us. And we're not under the law, so it's not if you will, then I will. Jesus did it. It's done. And so now all the promises are yes and amen, whether they be in this present natural world we're having to live in because we're tethered to this earth in an earthen vessel, or whether or not we're talking about for eternity when we have a body that matches our spirit, you know, that is that is perfect and holy and isn't feeling these pressures. So that's the foundation. That's where I want to start. Do y'all have anything to say to that? <laughs> well, I, I, I was thinking about we were, you know, earlier we were communicating about what we were going to talk about today and um it was union with jesus Mm -hmm. right and i thought about you know i don't think i've really ever been taught that throughout my life have y'all no I, i don't think it was it was assumed i believe i don't think it was um bad teaching i think it was just assumed that i understood that so until I got the revelation of grace, I didn't understand um, how foundational it was to have revelation that I'm in union with Jesus. You yeah. say I, that you think it was just assumed, but for me, that was never 
even in the realm of possibility. I don't even feel like it was an assumption that was made in my faith because that was that has been so radical Mm -hmm. and that's been something recently i've said lord like i want to know more about this union yeah show me more because there is so much gold here to discover i need to know more um i think i've told trisha a couple weeks ago it you know we've heard the saying for a lot of years it's not about religion it's about your relationship but that's actually not accurate either relationship if you go i looked it up just this morning it's two there's two has to be two parties Mm. but you're not in relationship it's a union it's two have become one i cannot separate myself from jesus he cannot separate himself from me marianne how does that play out when you don't understand that when you don't understand it that if the relationship is always going to have a no matter how pure there is a two parts two people are going to have to do their part some both parties are going to have to carry weight and if they're not carrying weight in a relationship then one party is going to be overworking and the other party is taking advantage and lazy Mm -hmm. but when you're in union two have become one jesus has done all the work and i'm in union with him but i am not there's nothing left for me to do to add to his work. So it's not like I'm the lazy one. Right. I'm just the beneficiary of his work. Right. But we, whatever is his and whatever is his inheritance is now mine. Mm-hmm. And I can rightfully claim that is my sonship and is in my hair, my daughtership and my inheritance. Yeah. Well, mm. okay. Let's say that you, you claim to be a Christian and I'm not disputing. If somebody right. says I'm a right. Christian, right. I believe yeah. you. Yeah. Um, but let's just say, you know, you you identify yourself as a, as a believer. Then, how in the in the believer's life, putting this idea of relationship above union, or maybe not even having a clue as to what union is, right? What, how does that play out in the way? Uh, you preach the way you worship, the way you relate to one another, the way you relate to God. Well, there's this always, it plays out for me as in it played out in my most of my life is there was always something more for me to serve, more for me to do. I could never do enough in my eyes that Jesus was proud of me for. Right. So I was constantly having to feel like I had to do more, 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 give, serve, do, be patient, I'll maintain my cool and calm all the time. Because there was always more for me to do. Now I can just rest in Jesus. And that is, there is so much freedom in that, that um, I can rest in Jesus. And if I lose my cool, I can come back to a person and apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I, you know, for the way. And, and, and that there's so much freedom in doing that. And in parenting, when you have a toddler that is really just on your nerves or a Mm -hmm. six-year-old that is really dug in, and you lose your temper at them, there's so much freedom to come back and say, Mom was really frustrated then. And I took out a lot of frustration on you. Yeah. And I love you so much. And I was frustrated by your behavior in that moment. Yeah. And But I love you. And we can sit there together. And I feel like that is a better... I hope that that... And I feel that that will emotionally mature my children to have the freedom to to mess up to succeed to fail and to be honest and to be honest and transparent Mm -hmm. with those around them yeah when you know when we're in an environment where um 
And when we say relationship, it isn't that we don't have a relationship with God. Oh, yeah. We yeah. absolutely I do. I constantly <laughs> am in communication and thoughts and, and, and going over those mm-hmm. types of things with the Lord and talking to Him. There right. is a relationship factor, but yeah. I just know that that is not what the basis of my relationship is, is not based on Jesus doing His part and me doing my part. You know, There's so much damage to a lot of these Christian colloquials sayings that we've used all our lives mm. but there really is no foundational scriptural foundation and one of those that i feel like did was probably a wrecking ball in my life was um you do your part and the lord will do his part right right, right. well i find that for me in scripture because right. i can't find it but to say it can really wreck a person i can tell you that it really can wreck you and that's not at all the yeah. lord did your part he did his part, and he did your yeah. part. He came as you to die. Yeah, and this is the intrinsic covenant that was made between the Father and the Son. Yes. This isn't a covenant that's made between God and us. Yes. It's it's made within the Trinity on behalf of us so that we are the beneficiaries. Yes. It's, it's an unconditional covenant of grace. Yes. And unconditional love. So because I'm not a part of the covenant, I can't mess the covenant up. Right. I can't undo the covenant. Right. I can't break the covenant. Yeah. The only way the covenant could be broken is if Jesus sinned. Yes. Or Jesus died. And neither of those is going right. to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. It's yeah. amazing. I'll say, um, it, what was the question you asked? It made me think. Okay. Um, well, she she was just talking about. How does it play out? How does it play out? Yeah, like. Right. Okay. It, it made me realize I was just thinking about this this weekend um, when I'm misunderstood, which really bothers me to be misunderstood, mm. or if I've got a situation where I don't know what to do. There was a lot of pressure on me to explain myself or to make sure they understood me so we had some peace, or if I don't know what to do, I had to solve the problem. But now that I know that I am in union with the wisest father ever, it is a relationship where I can now say, well, then will you fix it, please? Mm-hmm. <laughs> will, yes. you, will you help this person understand where there's misunderstanding? Will you give us a good idea? Will you give me wisdom about how to say something or when to say something or a plan instead of the pressure to figure it out. Yes. And so um, the union has given me freedom to rest because I know he's going to take care of it. Yeah. And he's going to fix it or give us answers or a solution. And um, I don't have to worry about how it's going to pan out anymore. And I don't have to worry about how I'm perceived. Right. I used to be very concerned I, at a time, would wear myself out saying yes to everything and everybody and would never say no, even when I knew that I needed to say no. I didn't have the capacity to do with the task at hand or had no interest to doing, if it was a volunteer type of a role, I had no interest in doing that. And the Lord had given me no heart to take on that cause or whatever. But I continued to say yes because I felt like I didn't want to be perceived and misunderstood. But one of the freedoms for me is the ability to say no and not have to give an explanation. And I don't, I no longer am worried about if that person perceives me as, why didn't she take on this role? Why didn't she take on this duty? 
no, I can just say no. And sometimes I give an explanation. No, I really like I have these commitments and I can't do that. That's going to conflict. But sometimes I can just say no mm-hmm. and have the freedom to say that and don't have to worry about, hey, I've got to f- explain it so this person doesn't think poorly of me. No, because I don't, I'm not really worried about what that person thinks anymore. I'm so secure in my union with Jesus. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. And going back to the union, like you said, Marianne, there's nothing that you did in that union mm-hmm. except believe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I thought just reading over these scriptures this morning, it was like washing me. It it was just uh, nothing does it like the Bible. Amen. You know? Right. And every morning... You know, when, you know, the Lord will give me something, and I end up just spending hours, you know, finding the scriptures to back up the word that He's giving me. A lot of times, the word is accompanied with scriptures, but um, then you know, I'll just have this list and I'll read them to Mark, and then we'll pray over them. But I feel like every time, and I don't even mean to do this, but every time. I begin, he always starts praying, and then I chime in, but it seems like every time I begin to pray, I say, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. It's just so encouraging to me. On March the 10th, 2022, the word that God gave me, and usually this happens like the minute I wake up or maybe when I just sit down, I'm not like, oh, please, 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 you know, I'm not demanding a word. It's just a season where it just seems like, that's this is the first thing every morning, but it, but it was nothing can undo what God has done. And Isaiah forty three thirteen in the New Living it says, "From eternity to eternity, I am God. No one can snatch anyone out of my hand. No one can undo what I have done." And that morning joining, which this is, you know, something that's on my mind a lot, but that joining, which is like an adhesive bond that cannot be broken, that joining that Jesus has with us, and he compared it to marriage. Jesus did, and Paul did. In Matthew 19, Jesus said, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. So the union that God has with us God is a spirit, and this union that we have with him is in the spirit. Again, not based on what we do, but based on the covenant that is made within him. It's not, And like we said, it's not a covenant that we make with him. It's a covenant that he has made within himself, Father and Son, on our behalf. Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And how did he demonstrate that? He gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, which what is the word? The word is the gospel. He gave himself for her, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that 
but that she should be holy and without blemish. The love that we knew when we were born again is a love that God put in our hearts. It is not a love that ever leaves. It's not a seed that can ever die. It's an incorruptible seed. And as I was reading through this this morning, I thought our love goes up and down. Mm. His love never changes. Right. He he doesn't take the daisy, you know, or we don't have to take the daisy and say he loves me, he loves me not. But honestly, there are times that we might feel far away from God. We might be angry with God. We might have questions we feel are not answered. We might see that a promise isn't, you know, being kept to our satisfaction or, you know, whatever it is. And you don't even consciously always do it, but you just kind of feel at arm's length with God. And it almost feels like your love for him has waned, you know, that you don't love him as much anymore. And that can bring feelings of guilt, right? First Peter 1, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This seed that birthed us, right, is not a seed that ever dies, and it will bear fruit. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, 1 Corinthians six seventeen, Ephesians 4, Verse 21, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Colossians 1, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. He has reconciled you to himself, not through anything you have done. He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. He became a man. He put on human flesh to die our death because as God, he couldn't die, right? And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. You could not stand in the presence of God with sin. Sin is in the flesh. Sin does not identify us. In the spirit, we're a new creation. We are holy and blameless in his sight. He loves us with an everlasting love. Romans 8, 39, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And here are some Old Testament scriptures that show the heart of God and that no matter what we do, he still loves us. Hosea 3, and you know the story of Hosea is that Hosea is the prophet, and he's called by God to to love Gomer, the prostitute. So God says to Hosea, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves his people Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. You know, sometimes, and, and I don't say this in the sense that we love God or we love each other, but sometimes we love sin, it, you know, because, because it feels good, right? It feels good to, to just go break something sometimes, you know, but that's not a holy 
feeling. Um, that is a feeling in the flesh. But no matter what we do, he has joined himself to us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Jeremiah 31, 3, and then 15 through 17. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. A cry is heard in Ramah, deep anguish and bitter weeping. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for her children are gone. This is speaking of the exile, the Babylonian exile. But now, this is what the Lord says. Do not weep any longer, for I will reward you, says the Lord. Your children will come back to you from the distant land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, says the Lord. Your children will come again to their own land. I love reading those passages because these are passages that speak of restoration. And all of these passages are speaking of of the reality that we experience in the new covenant of God restoring things. Not only restoring us back to relationship and union with him, but also as Jesus demonstrated as he walked the earth, restoring sick bodies to health. You know, giving a mom her son back, right? Mm -hmm. Giving Mary and Martha their brother back, um, feeding people, delivering people, giving that boy, you know, when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, he comes back down the mountain and nobody could, uh, this father had come, you know, could you heal my son? Could you deliver my son? And none of the disciples could do it. And so Jesus comes on the scene and, and he says, he says, nothing is impossible for him who believes. And the only one believing on the premises was Jesus himself. The father says, if you can, will you heal my son? He's like, if I can. You know, so these are pictures, right, of what, did Jesus just do it then? Or, or will he deliver our children and bring them back, our children that might be deceived or bound up in the things of the world or sick? Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking the reason that these are applicable, again, goes back to what we're talking about, is because we are in union with Jesus, right? Right, right. And we, like you've said, Tricia, we had no part in that. We All we have to do is believe. Mm-hmm. So what are we believing in the scripture? That it's done. Yeah. Right? Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> it really, like the Old Testament scriptures, it's almost like they've been pulled from eternity for today, right? Right. Because mm-hmm. Jesus is today. Yeah. So they're for us today. Yes. And we can't. Mess them up or break them. I know. I just keep reading this thinking, yeah, this is for me too, because if it's for Jesus, it's for me, because we're one. Right. I was struck with the verses in Ephesians, and I would used to read that about being a bride, holy and blameless, and how much burden did that used to put on me and all of us? Right. But it's so beautiful, because I'm a bride, holy and blameless, because my groom has made me holy and blameless. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, not because of my works, but because that's what he gets the identity he gave me. Yeah, was holy, blameless, righteous, because that's that's his identity. I've taken on that new last name. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and if if believing is the work of God, yeah, right, yes, then um, if Jesus tarries in coming back, it's it's not so that we'll shape up and behave ourselves. It would be so that because he doesn't want anyone to perish, right? That faith would come and that people would believe, right? The work that Jesus has done and honor Jesus for that work yes. and say, You have made me holy and blameless yes. Yes. and without any flaw, right? And that it, that is actually coming to acknowledge the love that Jesus has right. for us. And I'll say, Faith is not a feeling mm-hmm. at all oh, because. Um, so true. It, it would completely go up and down all day for all of us. It's simply believing that what God says is true right. and that he's good. Right. That's all it is. As my sweet mother-in-law always says, it's just having a good opinion of God. That's right. Yeah. Is he good? Yes. yes. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Then you have the faith. Right. That's it. That's right. it. And sometimes I ask myself those questions when you feel... A, you get caught up in the, maybe you're not seeing a healing or something that you want to see restored or redeemed. You can kind of get caught up that. And I go, no, I, I mean, is God good? Yes, he's so good. He's mm-hmm. so good to me. Do I believe that? Absolutely. Then that's settled. I don't have to do, my brain doesn't have to do gymnastics anymore. I can rest in that. And it goes back to the cross. Yes. I, well, how do, I, back to how do I know he's good? Because this is what he did for me on yes, the cross. That's right. That's yeah. right. Amen. Mm-hmm. And as I read these Old Testament scriptures, uh, I I took note just last week of this phrase, I will. Like, in fact, that was, um, Mark and I read this scripture, and and it was just God saying, I will do this, and I will do that. And it was like this light bulb went on, you know, Putting that together with one of my favorite scriptures, 1 John 5, 14, 15, that says this is the confidence, the boldness, the parousia that we have in Jesus, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the requests we have asked of him. So I thought, oh, every time he says, I will, and it's a blessing because we're not under the curse, right? Right. Right. Because of Jesus. Um, because Jesus obeyed the voice of the Lord his God, and that his obedience is what has made us in right standing with God. So we're under the blessing. So whenever he says, I will bless you, or I will do something good, that's the will of God. So I can ask for that for my family, for my children, for myself. For my life. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he says, whatever it is, if, if it's according to my will, how do you know his will? You know his word. Yes. Right? You know his word. And you also know his actions through Jesus Christ who came in flesh to show us the will of God in action. So whatever Jesus did, he was demonstrating the will of God. So you don't really have to wonder what the will of God is. So in Jeremiah thirty three eleven, and this is from the message again, but the time is, is coming when you're going to hear laughter and celebration, marriage festivities, people ex- 
exclaiming, Thank God of the angel armies. He's so good. His love never quits as they bring thank offerings into God's temple. I'll restore everything that was lost in this land. I'll make everything as good as new. I, God, say so. You know what that tells me? That's his will. I will restore. I will restore everything Mm. that has been lost or stolen. Mm. Psalm 130, 7 and 8 in the New Living. O Israel. So I'm going to say, oh, Tricia, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. He himself will redeem you, Tricia, and has redeemed me right through yes. the blood of Jesus from every kind of sin. There is no sin that is beyond his grace. Jesus paid the debt with his blood for every sin. Isaiah 44 in the message, I'll never forget you. I've wiped the slate of all your wrongdoings. There's nothing left of your sins. Come back to me. Come back. I've redeemed you. I've paid for you. I've paid for your freedom. High heavens sing. God has done it. Deep earth shout, and you mountains sing, a forest choir of oaks and pines and cedars. God has redeemed Jacob. God has redeemed his people. God's glory is on display in Israel. God, your Redeemer, who shaped your life in your mother's womb, says, I'm God. I made all that is with no help from you. I spread out the skies and laid out the earth. I love reading that because it's God saying, I made all of this. I made you. It is within my power and authority to decide, not as a man, my ways are not your ways, as God, that I can wipe the slate clean. And with the blood, that perpetual cleansing, you sin, you're cleansed. It is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Amen. Jeremiah 3, 2 through 4 in the message. This is the way God put it. They found grace out in the desert, these people who survived the killing. Israel, out looking for a place to rest, met God out looking for them. God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. And so now I'll start over with you and build you up again. What a beautiful promise for us. Any situation I walk into, I can Mm. expect love, love, and more love. Yeah. No matter how you failed. Exactly. No matter how you took matters Mm. in your own hands, no Mm. matter how much you griped and complained, no matter how faithless you were, the God of restoration, the number one reason that God led me from Genesis to Revelation in these last couple of years in my prayer prayers was to show me who he is, not just his will, but his nature his identity, and to get that deep in me so that I could know no matter how dark the days get, he's holding me in the palm of his hand. 
He's holding my family, my husband, in the palm of his hand. Amen. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And further in that passage, it says, I give them what kind of life? Eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So we're one with the Son. Yeah. One with the Father. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see it? Yeah. Yes. It's like an egg yolk and an egg and a shell, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I've heard that analogy, yeah. Well, with the Trinity, Father, Son, right, Holy Spirit. Right. But yeah, this is us. But we're in Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is in the Father. Amen. So we are in the Father. Yes. Mm. Oh, awesome. I, I love, love it. That. So no wonder we can't be snatched. We're yeah. right. in him. Yeah. Yes. Well, but there's no wow. greater protection than that right there. Right. In the Father's hand. Being in right. the Father's hand. Yeah. Right. Mm. First John five nineteen in the message, the God begotten are also the God protected. The evil one can't lay a hand on them. On them, we know that we are held firm by God. In Isaiah sixty five in the message, my people won't work and have nothing come of it. They won't have children snatched out from under them. For they themselves are plantings blessed by God. With their children and grandchildren, likewise God blessed. Before they call out, I'll answer. Before they finish speaking, I'll have heard. Wow. You know, can wow. this is why we see household salvation. Yeah. What we're seeing, God laid it out, His will. His plan, His way of doing things. Our children, it says, were a gift from God. Mm -hmm. They are a reward. They are arrows in a quiver. They themselves are plantings Mm -hmm. blessed by God. Yeah. And I'm thinking, a plant, all it does is receive and grow Mm -hmm. and produce whatever they're supposed to produce, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so reading that, I'm thinking, my children are plantings. Mm-hmm. They are blessed. They're going to grow and thrive. Yeah. They were planted by, blessed by God. And their children and grandchildren, yes. likewise, yep. are God blessed. Amen. Right? Yes. See, and this- it doesn't matter about the bad news I might hear that right. they've lost a job, they've made a bad decision. Right. Or they've walked away from God. Or they've God. walked away Mm-hmm. Can they actually walk away from God? No, <laughs> but but they can make some bad decisions. But in their in their minds, yeah, 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 they can be deceived, right? Yes. Right. Believe me, yeah. I I cannot even count how many friends I have. I know who raise their children. You know, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um. And the, and their children have decided God's not for them, and you know, and I'll see, I'll see on social media 
their children. And I, I just stop right where I am. I don't even look at social media, honestly, to tell you the truth. But um, sometimes people show me things, and I was just, honestly, my heart just, you know, it just, it just tears wide open. I get on my knees, and I pray immediately, and I, and I say, and God, give them the revelation yeah. of the yes. will. Because if we ask anything according to his will, right here it says their children yes. will not be snatched out from under them. Mm-hmm. Your kids are not going to be snatched out from under you, Marianne. It's a promise from God. So beautiful. It's his will. And not only are we plantings of the Lord, Jesus said that, you know, the sons of God are seed. That's right. In the earth. That's right. And we produce seed as well, you know, with our children. And it's just a a picture of the kingdom of God. So your kids Mm -hmm. are blessed. Mm -hmm. And their kids, blessed to every generation. Amen. That is God's will. Yes. Like you were just saying. Yes. That is his will. So we can ask for it. And honestly, it says, before they finish speaking, I, I have heard. heard. I know. It goes back and, to that provision we've talked about before. Yes. Provision. And we can rest. Our position is just to rest. Yeah. I can, I'm just going to trust that this comes to pass. Amen. And I don't have to figure it out. Yes. I don't have to work or scheme or redeem or anything like that. I can trust that it's done. And, and just this resting and this trusting is a manifestation of the work, which is belief, right? Yes. In, uh, in the New American Standard, it says, for this Isaiah 65, it says that God did not give his children for calamity. And I know, Amen. I know that there's a lot of Gen Z millennials who are living a life of, of calamity right now because, because of the things that they're believing. But God didn't give us children for calamity. And as a friend of mine said the other day, that in eternity, it's already done, which we know that. But when we're living in time, it seems there's such a distance. But when we, you know, don't look at the earth, when, when we set our minds on things above, where we are hidden in Christ, time gets encapsulated into eternity, and that's where we can rest. Yes. And know that it is done. Even if it seems, you know, it's like Jesus said, you ought always to pray and never, never give up. Will not God avenge his elect speedily? Though he bears long. Yes. You know, though he bears long, which the Greek word there means he's in it with us for the long haul. Yes. Uh, It'll come sometimes absolutely just suddenly, just like, Wow. How, how, and so I just want to speak that word of encouragement to yes. people yes. about yes. their kids. Yes. Our father's in the long game. Yeah. He really is. And so many yeah. times we're in the short game yeah. and we see the short. Yeah. And what we think is the long game, but it's not at all the long game. So sometimes I have to remember he's in this, he's in the long game. Yeah. He's got the long game in mind Amen. and he's way farther down the road. So right. I don't have to worry about this short game because it, 
in the scheme of life, this doesn't matter. Yeah. And he's got the long game and he's playing for the long game. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that as far as the long game goes, this is the time to imagine because he'll give us snapshots of what's to come and i'll tell you one that i've been getting on a daily basis and i'm just going to speak it out i love it (laughs) speak it out and y'all come into agreement with me we went to see the jesus revolution movie um which i bawled crying like for most of the movie because that what happened then in the early 70s reached me it reached me in Grand Junction, Tennessee. And it absolutely radically changed my life and my family's life. And there was a scene in there where Chuck Smith was, um, it was one of the first scenes, I think it's, it's when his daughter brought the hippies in and they were they were playing guitar and singing and they were just so happy and Chuck Smith's just sitting back and he's going, okay, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, this isn't exactly the box that I'm in, but um, I'm being stretched, but it, it, it was making him really happy. And there were, there are a few scenes like that in the movie where, where the old guy, the square, you know, he was a square for sure, uh, was uh, really trusting the Lord and, and believing that this was from God, you know, and, and so what have I seen? And this isn't new. This wasn't new with watching the Jesus Revolution. I have been seeing this for over 10 years. Like, And I'm just going to make it like I'm speaking it out today. I'm going to see 18 to, you know, we'll say 35-year-olds. I, I don't know what the age uh, parameters are, but I'm thinking Gen Z and millennials. I used to say millennials. Because there wasn't such a thing as a you know Gen Z, but um, but now you know, we're expanding it. I'm going to see them in my house. I'll be the old geezer. I don't mind. I'm 58 years old. I <laughs> I won't even pretend to be cool. I'll be like the Chuck Smith sitting there just grinning. But they are going to be in my house. They are going to be worshiping. I won't need to ask Bill and Vaughn for all their folding chairs because, <laughs> you know, which we've had before. We're lugging those chairs around and, you know, so that we'd have seats for everyone. But, hey, when you're young, you don't need a chair. Right. You can just sit on the floor. And and uh, I don't know. I've seen it. It is going to happen. Revival is coming. It will be Agreed. a great awakening. And what will it be about? It will be about Jesus the gospel, we won't have to say, oh, that sin and that sin and that sin. We won't even have to point it out. Right. He didn't say to the woman caught in adultery, you, you right. know, thou shalt yep. not commit adultery. You know, he didn't do that. He didn't point it out. He was more concerned that she would not be under condemnation. And so the, God just gave me this really strong message a while ago, but it was, Hey, you don't have to point out individual sins. Just look at the sin on the body of Jesus, on the cross. That's where the sin is. Look at Jesus. If we preach Jesus in the finished work of the cross, as much as the body of Christ has preached, don't sin, there would be no need to preach the don't sin message because we would just be so enamored with Jesus. Amen. The gospel is a message for the lost and yes. for the saved. Yes. Let me tell you how. It's what the it, good news. 
Yeah. No matter where you came from, it is yeah. the good yeah. news. And it's personalized it for every, every person. person. So whether yeah. you were a straight A student and never made a bad decision, mm-hmm. it is personalized for you. Mm-hmm. And whether you committed the most heinous acts on earth, mm-hmm. right. it was personalized mm-hmm. for you. Amen. And the and and the the means of of communicating that is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said he, the God was would send the Holy Spirit. And he would convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and then of judgment. And then he pieced it out of sin because they, speaking of unbelievers, don't believe in me. I was going to say, it's the singular sin, yeah, which is yeah. the singular sin of unbelief, unbelief. in Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right. So he's going to convict the world that you don't believe right. in the finished work. Yeah, yeah. For the believer, he convicts them of righteousness. That's right. Which is over and over again, the little quiet voice going, I have paid that debt. You, he yeah, who knew no yeah. sin became sin, so you may become righteous. You are righteous That's in right. Christ. And we need to hear it daily, daily. Yes. hourly, daily. Yes. There's then, not enough of it. No, never you will be. Never can. And then he says, end of judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. And that's speaking of Satan. So when, when we look at the cross, the Holy Spirit will convict the unbeliever of sin. The, there, it will be a personal, you know, the Holy Spirit will meet them where they are. They will see their sin in the body of Jesus. They will see that the Lamb of God has taken away their sin, the sin of the world. And they will feel the mercy and love of God Amen. because God demonstrated his own love and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we as believers will be convicted of our righteousness because we'll we'll see. Oh, that's my sin. He took my sin. Yes, he has wiped. And we will be reminded. How often do we be, need to be reminded that we're still righteous every time we sin? Yes, right. Yes, and I also ahead. love kind of tying that back into the union yeah. and marriage. Mm. And our job as the body of Christ for one another, yeah, is to be the bridesmaid to the bride. And I know we've all studied that really in depth, but that really just plays out into continually reminding you are the righteousness Mm, of Christ. And that's how that plays out in life. Not coming to a person and saying, you are living in sin and we need to deal with these sin. And here's your 31 steps to deal with your sin and to get you set back whole and where you path you need to go. No, that looks like going to the person, the body of Christ and saying, I can tell you're struggling lately, but guess what? Remember what Jesus did for you. Yeah, yeah. You are righteous. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the and that's the one step, and that's yeah. what you need to believe right yeah. now is point yeah. that back to Jesus. Well, this love that was demonstrated, we we do not have to compromise on this. We don't have to compromise on sin is sin, right? The law <laughs> brings out the exceeding sinfulness of sin, but the cross takes all that exceeding sinfulness and condemnation and guilt of sin and takes it. Jesus took it. He became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And so we don't need to take a path of lesser resistance and play around with sin and, and make it less sinful, right? right. Or, or, or move the, the, as the Pharisees did, move it around to where they could keep it, you know, so that yeah. they could still be righteous, you know, in each other's eyes. You know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us could do it. I mean, the, the law says, shut your mouth, right? 
The law could make no one perfect. It could only show you that you aren't. But the cross shows the love and mercy of God. God just made this so clear to me that with the lost, what have we been focused on, it seems like for so many years, is convincing the body of Christ that they are the righteousness of God in him. You know, that just like you said, the bridesmaids tell the bride, you know, hey, you're still righteous, right? Well, what is the message to the lost? The The message to the lost is the love of God that was demonstrated. And in their heart of hearts, they know. They know. And it is not up to us to meet them halfway. Right. Right. It, it is not loving to say it's okay for you to be deceived. No, and to that think that is you're okay. Love. Right. You know, but then again, it's not our job either to say, sinner, you know, I mean, what he showed me is that if we point to Jesus and the sin that he took, their sin, then the Holy Spirit will melt their heart. Amen. Yes. yes. The Holy Spirit will open their eyes. Amen. Yes. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will give them the courage to say, yes, I receive this love for myself. And then we also can tell them, hey, guess what? Jesus took your sin into the grave. And then he rose again without it so that you could be perfect and holy and blameless in his sight. When you receive the free gift of salvation and he becomes your Lord and Savior, then guess what? From this point forward, you are a new creation in him. The old is gone. The new has come. You're new. You're new. The new creation has no history of sin, no present of sin, no future of sin. Begin to see that way. See yourself that way. And then, you know, as Joseph Prince says, if you believe right, you'll live right. So yeah. let's not put the cart before the horse, right. okay? Let's right. don't put the, believe, the, the live right before the believe right. And, um, and I'll just tell y'all, it is just etched in my memory. You know when you have those lightning strikes mm-hmm. from God and he speaks and, and you, you can, it can happen anywhere? Well, it was at, I think it was Parisian at the time. It might have been Belk. I loved that story. I loved Parisian. (laughs) And uh, I was in the women's clothing, and I was just thumbing through. And I'm just going to tell you, out of heaven, the Lord spoke and said, when the girls who've been kissing girls come to you, he said, they're coming to you, Tricia. Nip the condemnation in the bud. Yeah. We don't have time for condemnation. And there will be no legalism. But the Holy Spirit will convict them of their need for Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. And they're searching for identity yes. in so many wrong places. And the only identity that will bring them the satisfaction, the fulfillment, and and the purpose that they're looking for is in Jesus, because that's where the love is. Amen. God is love. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I agree with your vision. I completely see that, and I'm going to believe with you. I know it's yes. going to come about. Yes. I know it is. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. And a whole generation attacked by the word, the key word is identify. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And their identity. So yeah. a whole generation attacked yeah. with their identity. Yeah. But our father's in the long game. Yeah. And we're going to see a whole generation come to know Jesus and know that they know that they know that their identity is tied to Jesus and not past their past. And our father's in for the long game. And that we are going to see fields and fields of the 99 Mm -hmm. that are the one that he left the 99 for. Yeah. Amen. Well, throw them. He's going to throw that, that sheep over his shoulder because he is Mm -hmm. the good shepherd. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a good shepherd, I was miss, I don't know, taught as a child, Mm -hmm. but the good shepherd really the crook that he carries, the, his rod, is not for beating down a mm. a lost lamb. It's not. Yeah. It's for lifting up, mm-hmm. and he into comforting, comfort, and to guard, mm-hmm. and to protect. We are going to see the good shepherd work in ways that we can't even imagine. And I agree, mm-hmm. Trisha. They're going to be. I see people. I can visioning your living room right now in your home, mm-hmm. and I have seen it where people have come to celebrate Jesus. And I've seen it literally with chairs spilling out of the living room, into the family room, into the sitting room, into the foyer. And I just see a generation of people with, with more than that spilling out, spilling out the front door onto the back porch. I know my coming to hear this message. Your house isn't going to be big enough. Amen. Agreed. Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. And what God put in your heart is just a drop mm. of imagination that He wants That's to right. do. You'll Amen. Do and He is immeasurably more than yes. I can ask or imagine. And He's going to. And I, you know, I want to just read a scripture. Um, and let's say it's going to happen in other people's homes. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. Around the world. It's, but it's a seed in the planting. So all those seeds are planted. Yeah. And then in second planting comes from that. Yeah. And comes exponentially. Exponential for sure. Yeah. Mm. Our God loves to multiply. I <laughs> know. He, he, lo- he loves math and he's in math. And I think it's fascinating to find out how he's in math. Yeah. But his heart is multiplication. I can tell you that right now. Amen. And, and exponents, that is the, that's the heart of Jesus. It really is. Amen. You know, when you were, you were just talking about the shepherd and we read John 10, you know, a a little while ago and where Jesus said, no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand that they are his own. Amen. They are his own. And, but he also talked about if one of his own wanders Mm. and in matthew 18 it says jesus is talking he says but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin amplified says whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble and sin by leading him away from my teaching the living bible says if any of you causes one of these little ones who trusts in me to lose his faith It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. How many people taught their children, took them to church, you know, raised them to believe in Jesus Christ, 
and those children have wandered from the faith. Jesus says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who's in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, should he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than the ninety-nine who did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. His will again. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. right. And so envision Jesus going to the mountains. And in in Luke's gospel, puts it on his shoulders and carries the lost one home. On his own shoulders, it says in the Amplified. And so we declare over our children that they are protected, that their minds are protected. Amen. That God has good in store for our kids. Amen. No matter what field they go into, no matter what class they're put into Amen. in school, no matter who their teacher is, no matter what. And we will be aware. And and God hears us. He will answer our prayers. We're going to be on the heartbeat of it. He didn't give us children for calamity. Right. right. And we're not going to be caught off guard or surprised, yeah. right? No. Right. We're going to have the tools in our toolbox to know how to pray mm-hmm. for them, mm-hmm. Amen. how to protect them, and they are going to have discernment about yeah. how to maneuver through the world. But I also feel, as I hear you say that, because I, I do feel that way. I feel like I've been given a lot of discernment. But it is possible, and it has happened, that the snake slithered in yes. with parents unaware. Because yes. this has changed so fast yeah. that, you know, maybe your older kids, it, it, it was... it was, you But know, there's grace for that parent, too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That wasn't, that was caught off guard, that yes. was not aware. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because as a parent... Especially is one. I mean, Meldis is nine, and I can mm-hmm. just see that the uh, friends are kind of getting into the whole teenage years, and it is the technology and everything of coming with it is it comes so fast. And right. I could see where it's easy to start playing the game of like, I don't know if I have all my bases covered because I don't know how many bases there are right. and how many I need to have covered. Mm-hmm. But there's grace for that parent too. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'll just tell you, I have five kids, right, and they're all grown, but. There is absolutely no way. I, I'm, you know, I'm a parent who is on her face before the Lord saying, I'm utterly dependent on you because Amen. there is no, no way. way to to keep them in a bubble. There is no way to function in this world. Right, right. They are going to see it. And we don't want to keep them in a bubble. No. Because we, we want them to grow up in their identity and be the light of right. Christ that goes out and change That's the right. world. Yeah. The light of the Amen. the light of the world has to go out into plantings. the to go into yeah. the world. Yeah. Hide it under a bushel. No. No. And I think we're I, I think some of us, you know, who who have older kids have learned that lesson. Well, there is a tension as a right. believer of how yeah. much and we are definitely, as a family, yeah. walking through that right now. How much do we protect, in a sense, and how much do we yeah. let them into understanding right. how the world really does function? Right. And there's right. a tension there. And right. day by day, we are saying, Lord, just show me how that we live out yeah. that tension. And when do we yeah. need to have the conversations? Because we want 
things to come from us and not the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one of my daughters who is now uh, 29 went to a Christian college. And, you know, she from, from time to time will see that some of the kids that she went to college with, and this will be on social media, this is where, you know, you just see so much stuff. But, you know, she just was, was reading one of these to me just a few days ago. One, you know, one of her friends from college who was a leader in the camp, campus ministry, you know, and all of that, very much a leader, has has rejected God. She has decided, you know, to buy into all of the woke and all of that. And, and she is blaming her parents. She is saying that, um, when she has children, that she will not raise them or force them, you know, as she puts it, force them to believe in Jesus. And she's not going to put this on them. And I thought, well, that is not what the what the Word of God says. This is trained up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. And to to speak of it when you go to bed, excuse me, to speak of it when you lay down and when you, when you walk during the day and when you go bed, to bed at night, that is the way I did it. That is the way we do it, right? Right. And this is, this is actually very natural for us to do, but it's also what God said to do. These are the little ones that believe, that believe. And, um, but there is that, you know, there is a pressure out there and a fear trying to be put on on some of these young people, some of these millennials, you know, that are having children now. Oh, you know, don't do what your parents did in the 90s. Don't, don't be putting all this on your kids. Because for some reason, they've gotten an insecurity about their own faith and, and kind of having a crisis of faith themselves. Like, what is true? Because the world is just bearing down on them. But that's where we, as parents and grandparents and so forth, we hold fast to the Word of God. Amen. Amen. And we declare that our children are plantings of Amen. the Lord and Amen. their children after them. Amen. And they will love the Word of God, and they will receive the Word of His grace. Amen. Amen. So we're, we're in a hard time right now. It, it is a test of faith. But we are going to get through it. Yes. And the devil has overplayed his hand. Yes. We're going to get to the other side of it, and it is going to be Absolutely more than we could have ever thought. Amen. 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 Would y'all agree? Amen. Father, we thank you that we are in union with you. And that means that we can ask for anything. We know that you hear us. And we do pray for these kids or these young adults in this generation that are deceived we thank you that you're speaking to them right now individually that they are not lost they are going to come back and hear from you how much they are loved that they are not condemned that they also are in union with you when they believe we thank you for these parents that are praying for their children that you have answered their prayers that you hear them We bless this generation. We thank you that it is going to be more than we've asked or imagined, and it is going to be exponential for the world to see and for them to see Jesus. Amen. Amen. And also for the the younger moms and dads who have the kids who are in elementary, in preschool, in junior high, these are formative years. And I pray for those moms and dads, first of all, to know that 
you have them in the palm of your hands. Amen. And that they are safe. And I pray, Lord, that these kids are going to grow up in the most glorious time in the history of mankind. Amen. A time of great harvest, of revival. And as they grow into their high school and college years and into getting married and having family, that those children will never know of the dark days that we're living through now. That they will be reaping the benefits of the prayers that we're praying right now. Amen. And also of the great awakening of their older brothers and sisters some of them, of their moms and dads who are in their 30s and late 20s right now, uh, there is going, this is going to affect generations to come. And I receive the, vi- the vision that you have given me, Lord, of these young people in my home and in homes all across America just saying, give me more. I want to know more about this Jesus. And I thank you in advance, Lord. You said, whatever things we ask for, believing, we should receive them. So I receive it all in Jesus' name. Lord, this morning, I just pray for those parents who are listening, who have a child that's gone wayward. Lord, I just pray that you would speak personally to that parent, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give them a boldness that they would go all in on you, that they would have a confidence in all of your promises that you have done, no matter how bad it looks with their child, Lord, that they would have a confidence and a boldness to know that you are faithful to do what you have said you are going to do for them and their family and their children for generations to come, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give a confidence that is supernatural to every parent who has a wayward child, Lord, that they could hold their head up high, walk through this life, knowing that you have got them and you have gotten their family, Lord. Lord, I pray for a, just a move of you, a revelation of you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. of the finished work of the cross Mm -hmm. to gobsmack their family and to, unbelievable ways of just see waves Mm -hmm. and waves crashing tsunamis crashing down on families of jesus Mm -hmm. and lives are wrecked in the best possible way ever never to look like they looked before um and generations turning towards you whole families turning towards you Mm -hmm. lord seeing this you and your light shine on their faces lord and they will never be the same i agree Mm. And Jesus, these were your very words that if we ask anything on earth, we're here on earth, we're asking from earth, our Father will do it. Our mm-hmm. Father who is mm-hmm. in heaven Amen. will do it. We're two or three, gather in your name, you are there with, with them. You are here with us, Jesus. And Father, you will do it. This is your will we have prayed for our families for the body of Christ, for the lost, and even for our country, Lord, 
Amen. The United States of America. Amen. We pray for a mighty revival and a great awakening to Amen. spread across from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. Amen. And those that we thought were absolutely impersuasible, <coughs> you will open their eyes. Amen. You Amen. will draw them with your Amen. love. You will break open their hearts of stone. And you will put a new spirit within them. So we call that forth in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 A Real View is brought to you by Parousia, a ministry devoted to boldly sharing the gospel of God's grace, freely offered to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Visit ParousiaMinistries.com for teachings and testimonies, as well as information on how you can order Trisha Gunn's highly acclaimed book, Unveiling Jesus, a verse-by-verse foundation of the message of grace. This show is made possible by the generous financial support of people like you who love this message of grace. Your tax-deductible gift to Parousia is greatly appreciated.